Good morning, Iowa. This is Rock Hard Caucus, episode number 10. I'm Justin. I'm here with Chuck. What's up? And Evan. Hey. We do the same thing every day. Uh, yeah, but, you know, uh, let's delay the, the last introduction a little bit. Uh, making a grand reintroduction <laughs> to the podcast, Natalie. Yes. Welcome um, back. I couldn't listen to last episode because... I don't blame you. I couldn't yeah, either. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> no, it's for <laughs> To be fair, I've never only. listened to any of our episodes, so I don't know if they're good or not. <laughs> I started playing it, and I my skin burned off my skull because... Women okay, I'm sorry for it. implying that Cooper was your better half. That Because it's extremely false in every single way. <laughs> I don't think you implied it. I think you just said it explicitly. You <laughs> 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 okay. also made it a point to make sure we knew that he was the dumber half of you two. Which I thought was pretty funny. It's like, imagine Natalie, but dumber. And with a less feminine voice. He's definitely not dumber. Natalie, how was your vacation from the podcast? It was great. I don't know. It it was really weird that Cooper was recording without me. (laughs) I don't know. Not like, I was jealous is the thing. (laughs) I also thought the bit was extremely good. And the, like... Which bit? Your jokes were good. I liked it. Um, The thing when you played the new metal... (laughs) That was really good. That was really funny. Good. I'm glad that that played off well. It hit. It hit. It absolutely hit. Because I didn't listen to it, so I wouldn't know. Like, you know, but it definitely landed. Good. Uh, How was everybody's weekend? Good. Good. You all get up to anything fun? Yeah. uh, uh, Hockey. Had a good weekend with the boys. Uh, Had a nice win over, I think they played Lincoln on Friday. And then... Waterloo last night, 4-1, to one, was nice to watch all those uh, motherfuckers take that long ride home with the loss. Uh, I, I trashed my diamond ranking in Rocket League. <laughs> um, back down to plat 3 in doubles. Uh, so that's disappointing. Uh, I also have a three-day weekend because I'm one of those boogie people who get a three-day weekend for Veterans Day. Oh, right. Oh, Veterans you're Day. You're so lucky. One of the ones that I forget because I'm a callous millennial. Yeah. <laughs> I went to a basketball game. Oh, yeah. And I enjoyed it. And Scout enjoyed it? Yes, and she definitely enjoyed it. She only enjoyed the dancers. <laughs> the dancers and the mascot, which was not a high-quality mascot. That wolf was <laughs> terrible at his job. Like, he wasn't handing it up for the kids. He came out twice. He, like, didn't throw anything at the audience, didn't take pictures with the kids. He's a shitty mascot. Yeah, fuck that mascot. Refund. (laughs) Sorry, my my cat crawled behind the computer and I had to extract him before he did anything bad. (laughs) (laughs) He was so fast. Like, he was on my desk and all of a sudden he was behind it. They love to do that. Uh, so I worked roughly 17 hours yesterday. I had kind of a rough Saturday. Kind of a Chuck day. Ugh, that sucks, That's man. awful. <laughs> Background is Chuck works all the fucking time. And he works so hard. And that is the hardest job of anyone. I feel like that's important background to this podcast. And the rest of us don't do uh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is all just a setup so Justin can like flex on us. Oh, no. Not, not really. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I feel for you. I've worked really long, brutal days before. And that is a long, just brutal day. never forget. That no matter how easy you think your job is, it's not as easy as Alan's. <laughs> Alan, I know you're in IRC all day. Like, all day. I don't know what you do at work. but it, you, okay. A little bit. I don't know what travel. he's doing at work. I don't know what he's doing at work, but 
he he's constantly in IRC and he's constantly on Twitter. So whatever he's doing, it can't be that that difficult. I'm sure it requires a very specific set of skills, but like actually showing up and like getting to the office, I don't think that there's you know, I don't think it's too stressful for him. He's usually in a pretty good mood. <laughs> well, I was at work for like 17 hours, but I did have a lot of downtime. Uh, fortunately, I got to stream the Bernie and AOC rally in Coralville. And my wife was on the live stream. Yeah, right behind him. Yeah. I got to watch Ashley like nod and scream when Bernie said good things. And that was a nice little break at my job. Damn, you got cucked by the burn. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I... I respect him. I uh, I don't mind, you know. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Bernie can fuck my bitch. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, I don't love that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> I was just quoting Lil B. Way more problematic than anything Lil in the... Uh... <laughs> Lil B gets a permanent pass, but... <laughs> Here, we can cut... <laughs> no, it's funny. Leave it in. <laughs> oh my god, this is already off the rails. So we're, so we're watching Ashley. <laughs> so she was sitting right behind the speakers, and uh, the reason she got like preferential treatment and got to sit close was because I went out canvassing Friday night, and I want to tell you guys a little bit about that. Oh, I'm so excited! Oh, oh yeah. boy, have any of you done door knocking before for any political campaigns? Yes. Uh, I did back in 20. 20- or 2008, I did it for Obama. Oh, nice. <laughs> With my uh, high school uh, student advisor. Oh, I did that too. I was employed by the campaign for like a day, but I was too much of a lazy fuck to walk an entire day in the heat. That does <laughs> suck. Yeah, it's so... bad. I had, um, what's his face? Who, who was it? Was it Fred Hubble that was running around? He was running an Iowa and lost. Was that his name? Yes. Yeah, for yeah. governor last year. He's like Tom Steyer of Iowa. He showed up at my house in the summer, and he was, like, drenched in sweat. It was probably, like, 97 <laughs> degrees out. Like, I'm, I'm on my computer <laughs> playing video games, and it's, like, 68 degrees in my house. And there's a fan blowing on me, and there's a knock <laughs> on my door. And I go out, and it's fucking Fred Hubble at my door, soaked in sweat. <laughs> and I was like, man, like, what's up? He's like, you know, just he did his spiel or whatever, and I gave him a... I offered him a bottle of water, and he was like, oh, no, thank you. I do appreciate that, though. Uh, what, I, what I would appreciate even more is your vote. I was like, okay, dude. <laughs> Damn, dude. So I voted for him. Pokemon, go to the polls. I mean, I mean fuck <laughs> yeah. versus Reynolds, yeah, you have to vote for yeah. Fred Hubble, oh, even though he sucks yeah. ass to you. Reynolds is R- rich one of the property worst developer. people in the entire world, and you can't. I, like I voted, I skipped to vote for Fred Hubble to vote against that fucking. Damn, we've immediately gone way more problematic than the last yeah, episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying this. <laughs> no, power speaking my language, <laughs> the gamer language. Sorry, I had a heated gaming moment. Uh, so I went out Friday night to uh, Canvas, and if you're listening, and that's something that you are physically and emotionally and mentally capable of doing you should also go out and knock some doors for bernie sanders go to map.berniesanders.com and you can find canvassing shifts near you yeah i went out in the cold friday night um and i was assigned a rich neighborhood and i was nice yeah i was a little disappointed that i was gonna have to go talk to rich liberal democrat people Uh. but you know we gotta 
reach out to as many people as possible. I understand the name of the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm going up to these houses. Most of them have like three stall garages, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this house is worth like three to four times my house probably. Imagine having a three stall garage. Yeah, doctors oh live God. in this neighborhood, stuff like that. So I'm knocking doors. I'm hearing people say they like Mayor Pete a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the sort of like wealthy, comfortable liberals, they seem to be switching their candidate every two months or so. <laughs> yes. They're very fickle. Right now they're on Pete Buttigieg. Uh, I don't know if it will stick, but I mean. It's very 2012 <laughs> Republican. Did you guys know that Pete Buttigieg, he's, what is he, the mayor of South Bend, is it? Yeah. yeah. I was actually looking at that election that he won pretty, you know, heavily he had like 80 percent of the vote but there's only like less than eleven thousand people 000. yeah there are only yeah, eight thousand he got he got eighty five hundred votes in <laughs> south <Sopin>, indiana <laughs> yeah and now Total, and he's and running for like, president and that's his only thing the amount of done. just hubris that thinks that you're qualified to run for president after yeah. that is like almost trumpian yeah it really is like hubris to push for medicare for all but yeah and then like, also yeah his whole thing is just being like we need to like convince republicans we have a lot of Republicans who are joining up on our campaign. It's like, congratulations. Oh, that, yeah, good. That's reassuring. <laughs> that's what I like to hear. Yeah, that's, that's reasonable. <laughs> really great to hear. I'm sure that's not going to influence your like political leanings in any way. Yeah. Reaching across the aisle to fill my pocket with money or and like hanging off. out with like Mark Zuckerberg or whatever. Yeah. yeah that's normal behavior. <laughs> well, the nice thing about these uh, comfortable liberals, not really having ideological convictions and being very fickle is that I was canvassing specifically to let people know about the AOC rally and a lot of them love her despite not liking Bernie. (laughs) That's so weird. Because she's, you know, an attractive young woman of color. Mm -hmm. So she looks nice for the party. Yeah. Yeah. She makes them feel with it. Personality and image come far before politics for these people. Yeah. Ilan Omar said that they love to put our picture on the magazines mm-hmm. but don't want to listen to us talk. The, it's literally that. It's just they want some sort of figurehead that they can attach all their emotions to. Like they don't they care about, about the actual it. results of politics. They care about having someone who reflects their like best image of themselves or whatever. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I lured a few of these people to a Bernie Sanders rally because of AOC. So hopefully maybe it sunk in a little bit i mean that rally was fucking fire so yeah <laughs> like oh, may- so I, hopefully aoc is great here's the thing though is these people that you, these doors you're knocking on these are these are wealthy people and i'm wondering if they have the delusion that oh you know a bernie sanders presidency would be bad for me because you know i'm part of the wealthy class it's like dude the people that he's looking to put the screws to like those kind of people don't live in iowa like we're talking about people with like <laughs> yeah. real real like fuck you money like not you know doctors and fucking some guy that like owns a, a marketing group you know that, that's living out there like we're talking like fucking tight none of dude. us yeah. can even conceive of having a million dollars yeah they're robber right. let alone a billion which is a thousand times more it's like bernie is not going after the millionaire private business owner i mean he is confrontational to the top one percent but yeah I, I don't believe anyone in iowa is in the top one percent I, I i know that there's like the oh it's like richest people by state i don't remember who it is honestly in iowa but we don't have any of those i think it was steve gray for a while i remember when we were young it was the guy that owned mcleod he was really wealthy (laughs) his daughter and my sister were were good friends and we would go to drop her off at their house 
and we get to a gate that had like a guard shack and there was this old guy that hung out there in the guard shack and he would <laughs> let us in and we would drive like probably about a quarter of a mile down this road to get to their house and it was like this mansion in the woods and like uh. they had like golf carts they drive around the property in and they had horses <laughs> and shit and Dude, it was wild like that was Damn. my first yeah that was my first taste of like like real like wealth you know not just i mean How i had some friends you know wash was kind of a melting pot because it encompassed like you know like the, the rich cottage grove Richest area and poorest yeah. areas, yeah, and areas, and areas whole... yeah so i had you know all kinds of friends and uh i had some friends that were pretty wealthy but not yeah. like that you know yeah yep. same yeah so i want to tell you about uh three specific interactions that i had friday night uh going from Worst to best. (laughs) Thank you. I'm excited. Take us on a journey. So in general, these people are like lukewarm to negative on Sanders, but because they're like polite types, they were all pretty nice to me. One guy in in particular that I talked to, uh, he kind of looked like James Carville, if you know who that is. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like a bald 60-year-old Like a crypt keeper? Yeah. He looks like the Monopoly guy. Or no, he looks like... A little um, bit more human than a Crypt Keeper. No, no, he looks like the fucking Six Flags guy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this guy was like a, a little bit younger version of that, but, you know, still has some, some life in him. Jesus. Although, the Six Flag guy, he dances a lot, so he has tons of youthful vitality. Very clearly. <laughs> full of vigor still. Vitality off the charts. Anyway, I told the guy I was a volunteer for Bernie Sanders, and he uh, he told me Bernie is a great guy, but he is not into the sort of aggressive socialist approach. And I, I was like, "Well, that's why I'm out here." And he told me he told me he prefers uh, Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg. Oh. <laughs> so, out of all the people you could pick, yeah, those two are being mentioned in the same sentences now. So, great job, Pete. <laughs> How do you become a fan of Amy Klobuchar? <laughs> How does that happen? Like it's got to be just because she makes you feel kind of good. Like you she said something, you know, once or twice that like kind of bounced off your brain at just the right angle to be like, huh, you know what? That's good. That's like something I would say. Or, hey, I was thinking that too. I mean, I think it's more like people have fully bought into the same politics that the Democrats have been peddling for 40 years or whatever. Electability. I love that word. Yeah. Oh my god. The person who's electable is the one that everyone likes. They've bought into it and it's like there's a lot of people who will I mean the whole like just vote blue no matter who thing. Yeah. It's like we are better than the Republicans. I can't wait for the blue no matter who thing to disappear as soon as we win. (laughs) (laughs) Well that was the greatest part about the fucking AOC or Bernie rally was like we're going home to like where the Democrats should be and, and were in the past to a certain extent, we're trying to return the party to its roots instead of being the corporate-friendly party that it has been for way too long. My you entire mean the life. pre-Jim Crow Democratic Party? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, fuck Amy Klobuchar and fuck Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, got him. Salad cone. <laughs> got him. <laughs> Never gonna stop. Oh, the salad cone. Fuck. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you should probably check out the rally on YouTube. And look for the attractive young woman in in blue to the back and to the left from the speakers. <laughs> back and to the left. Back and to the left. She's so cute. She's so cute. Back in it. and to the left. 
Oh man, I was reading YouTube comments while the <laughs> stream was going. Why would you do that? I do that on Twitch too. To the, you know, the... I like to go to the ground level of where. <laughs> Me too, dude. Yeah, we're we're actually pounding the ground. Yeah. Evan and I reading comments yeah. on the internet. Justin was actually going out and walking around and talking to people, but I was observing YouTube comments. <laughs> and I will say that the uh, Trump people seem to be very upset. <laughs> with with oh, AOC God, dude, endorsing, <laughs> I've seen. I saw Ashley posted about uh, AOC, or you know, like the rally or whatever. And some guy was like, "AOC actually hurts Bernie's image. She's it's actually bad for him to be using her." It's like okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the it's most the popular member of Congress. Yeah. <laughs> like that's like the best endorsement he could have possibly <laughs> got. Scared, and that's a good like sign. the most effective one. That guy that made that comment is Ashley's uncle. Uh, his his profile picture is the, the typical like boomer sunglasses. man in sunglasses. Yeah, <laughs> he's not sitting in a car, so he misses that element. But um, <laughs> other than that, he checks all the boxes. Yeah, off. pretty good sunglasses boomer pick. And he's sort of like a libertarian type who voted for Trump, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're the people that you should be listening to and that they say that AOC is a bad endorsement. <laughs> yeah, I give a fuck about his opinion. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys want to see, like, the real cesspool of comments during a Bernie rally stream, you have to go and look at the comments on Twitch when he's up there speaking. <laughs> Because oh. the people, dude, the people on Twitch are nuts. I'm and sure like, Twitch is worse than you do even. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what the idea behind Twitch chat is supposed to be on like those big <laughs> channels. Because like, imagine being at a sporting event and when there's really not much going on, there's just like that ambient sort of roar of like 7,000 people having conversations at once, you know? <laughs> Twitch chat is that, except it's just like spam and it's like emojis oh. and it's people like pacing like these like block uh, letter pictures and it's just like non-stop <laughs> like what's the point like you can't even read any of it and occasionally you'll see something really super fucking bad and it's going so fast like <laughs> moderators can't keep up and it's oh. just like a shit storm every fucking time i learned about twitch from fucking american vandal so i'm always so late on this stuff like 4chan i learned about like three days ago so like this is wild <laughs> shout out oh. to my zoomers speaking of zoomers uh the second interaction i wanted to tell you about i was walking up to a house uh to speak to uh someone and a 17 year old girl pulled up in the driveway and got out and said hey you looking for somebody i i asked her if her mom was home because that's who was on my list she was not but uh the girl told me she's going to be 18 before the caucus, so she will be able to vote in that. She told me at this point she she likes Bernie, but she's planning on voting for Warren. Yeah. But I, I told her about the AOC rally, and like her eyes lit up, and she was excited about that. So I gave her a flyer. Yeah. And this girl seems to, to like understand the game, because she asked me, there's a little thing on the flyer I gave her about RSVPing, and she was like, do I need to RSVP to get in? And I was like... Well, it'll help them to like know how many people to expect. And she's like, oh, I'm sure they just want to get me on their email list, right? And I was like, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's awesome. I yeah. read the emails, though. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I can get, you know, 17 text messages a day from the campaign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, a young person is going to vote. Uh, maybe she went to that rally and changed her mind. I don't know. Awesome. But Warren people are not the devil, you know. Nope. No, they're potential allies in the revolutionary yeah. struggle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Eventually, yes. <laughs> Eventually, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the 
last interaction I want to tell you about. This one was my favorite. So this was towards the end of my shift. I was a little dispirited, I guess, because, you know, I had to talk to a bunch of rich liberals and put on a fake smile as they give me their fake smiles. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I met a few people that were cool. But mostly it was lukewarm reception from rich mm-hmm. people. So I knocked on the door. A mom answered. Her kid was like running around behind and he had a bow tie on, which was funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Nice. Yeah, she told me that they had just like taken family pictures. Is he a Charlie pictures. Kirk disciple? <laughs> no, no, no. Fortunately, no. They'd just taken family pictures. So he was they all They don't dressed know up. the connotation of the uh. bow tie. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and I, I was asking her if uh, she and her husband, who was also behind her, if they were planning on caucusing. And they were like, yeah, probably. I asked who, who they were interested in. And she said, out of the whole field, they like Bernie and Warren the most because they are the most reasonable. And I was so taken aback. I was like, oh, can you define reasonable for me? <laughs> <laughs> That's that awesome. Rocks. Yeah, it's true, too. I mean, oh, the dapper, good family. Yeah. After hearing all these people talk about like Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg, hearing someone say that the furthest left candidates are the most reasonable was pretty exciting. Uh, So what, what she meant was like they have the most concrete plans to enact their vision and they have the most experience to know how to get it done. And it's like, yeah. (laughs) And uh, her husband chimed in and said, hey, if, uh, if Bernie gives us free childcare, we'll vote for him. And I was like, hey, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely... Well, I got news what? for you. <laughs> Wait, they have free childcare? No, that's that, that was part of the rally last night, too. Yeah, yeah, it came up at the rally. Yeah, oh. it's one of his... Yeah, childcare. Like, free childcare. It's part of the, the education plan. Yeah. yeah. Do you know how much more money I would have? It's more than our mortgage. <laughs> it's yeah, ridiculous. I've heard it's insane, yeah. Oh, my God. All right, so yeah, that was that was my experience canvassing. Again, if if you are able-bodied and willing to speak to strangers about politics, you should try it yourself. It kind of sucks, but it's necessary if we're going to win the caucus. Yeah, I, I'd like to do that, but I just, I don't know, man. I think I'm a little too abrasive to, to do something like that. <laughs> I think I'd make the campaign look, look pretty bad if someone kind of took me off because I'd basically... <laughs> be like what the fuck is wrong with you dude like do you have no fucking class consciousness like you fucking you're, you're a worker dude like what is your fucking problem how stupid are you yeah don't do that yeah i don't think i'd make i'd like to do it but like i'll maybe come along and like watch Hold be a bodyguard or something yeah be a bodyguard be the stand muscle. threateningly behind the camera. Yeah. <laughs> just stand behind, go with you, Justin, and just stand behind you like Lucky Luciana with my hands clasped the whole time. <laughs> I believe, if you're keeping track at home, folks, I believe that's the third Lucky Luciana reference that I've made on the show. <laughs> I do have to do it to him. <laughs> had to do it to him. Uh, so now it's time for us to make up for lost time. It's time to elevate a female voice. Natalie wants to weigh in on the gender reveal thing. She's got some uh, some charts <laughs> and documents to <laughs> reference. Some gender takes. Tell us about gender, Natalie. Okay, so sometimes when I get anxiety, I just get really, really, really obsessed with something. Like I learned everything there was to know about like the history of breastfeeding policy. When I like, I just will get like really into something, and so I went on this journey. And it starts with gender reveal parties are bad because I always thought they were bad. That was my opinion. They were bad. Yes. And then I go down a rabbit hole and I will take you to they are good, actually. 
and then back to ultimately more bad than good. I want you to weigh in on my thoughts. So this is like thesis, antithesis, synthesis. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And like, I want you to weigh in, but I ultimately answered the question at the end and I will tell you how we resolve all of the tension involved in the coming conversation. It has a happy ending because I figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) Cooper is laughing at me. (laughs) Okay. So reasons they are bad. I made a word cloud, and then I read a couple academic papers and have some quotes. Oh, (laughs) perfect. I have never done anything like that, ever. (laughs) So here are my arguments as to why they're bad. So I just wrote why, which is me agreeing with your thesis last week, Evan, of just like, why would you do this? It doesn't matter at all. Like, it has no impact. And they're bad because they're kind of creepy and obsessed with people's junk, which agreeing with Chuck on last ones. Mm-hmm. They're like a vehicle for conspicuous consumption. Like there are all of these products that you can buy for them. And then on top of that, just like the personal branding and marketing of yourself online that you have to do to live in the year of our Lord 2019. Um And I wrote down, it plays into gender stereotypes, and especially if we cannot tell the difference between um, sex and gender, which I have a quote about that. Oh, my God. Am I the absolute worst? (laughs) Yes, but No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I hate myself so much. I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) If people cannot accurately distinguish between sex and gender, then how will it ever be possible? to accept people who are gender non-conforming <laughs> by imposing a gender identity on infants with parents run the risk of psychological trauma to children who don't identify with their imposed identity, as well as risk of family conflict and contention over parents' preferred identity for their child and their child's own identity preference. So like just the fact that we call them gender reveals and not sex reveals is bad. Well, sex is a bad word, so. I, that's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> Like, we don't want to say the word sex. Not about babies. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think that, too, the people that are, they, they, they're intentionally doing the thing where they're like, well, what genitals is there? Well, there you go. I, I can't tell if they don't understand or, like, they just don't fucking care. And instead of just, you know, doing a very simple thing, which is, like, you know, using the correct pronouns for somebody. Yeah. I don't know if it's like it bothers them that they have to do it or they feel like it's, you know, inconvenient when it's not inconvenient at all. Like y- you literally use gendered pronouns all day. It's the and easiest thing you can it do. Literally, yeah. Like acknowledging someone's existence is the easiest thing that you can fucking do. And these people. Mm-hmm. It's fucking free. Yeah, like... it is. Like it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you any stress. It, just ask somebody. If you're not sure, it'd be like, I, I, what is your preferred pronoun? That if you don't want to do that, which, you know, maybe you shouldn't sometimes, just use non-gendered pronouns. <clears throat> it's not difficult. It's not. Like they Absolutely. are fucking lying. Yeah. And they don't understand the difference between your sex and what gender means. Like gender differs from all around the world. Like every country has different sort of, you know, masculine traits and different feminine traits. And it's, it's not like black and white very clearly. And I think that this is something everybody listening to the show probably knows and we all know too, but it, it's like, it's like a sliding scale and it's not always in the same spot. And that's really not that difficult to understand, but no. you know, anything to trigger the libs. <laughs> yeah, that goes really, really well into my next quote. Oh, perfect. 
It can't be sheer coincidence that the internet went nuts over Army Special Forces member and his fiance blowing up a box of Tannerite and chalk to celebrate their fetus's blood test results during the same week that the North Carolina sued the U.S. DOJ over whether trans people in the state can use restrooms and locker rooms that correspond with their gender identity. Mm-hmm. The DOJ, as North Carolina Governor Pat McCroy told Fox News, quote, is trying to define gender identity and there is no clear identification or definition of gender identity. When a cherished social norm, okay, this is back to editorializing, is starting to fragment, perhaps the best way to save it is to aim a rifle at it and pull the trigger. Mm, yeah. So that's ultimately what it is, isn't it? Why did they start at the exact same time? When you see a norm that you believe in start unraveling, you just double down as hard as you can. Any sniff of equality feels like oppression to these people. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's like really reactionary shit in yep. general I... yeah you feel threatened so you latch down and all of a sudden there's like deer hunting themed battle <laughs> <laughs> just like buck or doe and then yeah. you go out and shoot a gun <laughs> like what the fuck this is a thing i've seen yeah it's the definition of reactionary exactly it's in reaction to a cultural change by doubling mm-hmm. it down anyway and then the other part in my they are bad column was my personal experience in parentheses the most important thing <laughs> <laughs> As a mother. <laughs> um, I am offering a course correction on this one because Cooper may act like he hadn't attended multiple gender reveal parties with me, <laughs> which he has. This is the real difference between the genders here. <laughs> it's who can remember anything that happened. Yeah. We watched a Facebook live stream of one where they did the traditional like cutting the cake thing, but then... As they were taking a bite into the pink cake, they made out and smeared all of the cake all over both people's faces. (laughs) (laughs) This is far too sexual. (laughs) (laughs) Like she like got into his lap. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that what relevance that bears in the conversation. I just know that I've seen that. (laughs) I have a question. Uh, Were they white? (laughs) <laughs> i have a feeling they were <laughs> so i had my suspicions and then i also went down like a a weird personal journey about like i i found out because at the time i just had like such severe prenatal depression that like being able to write anything upon her as like a human Instead of just this, like, thing that was making my brain suffer so bad. Like, I wanted to know how big she was. I wanted to know what junk she had. Like, <laughs> it just made it seem more real to me. Like, and it wasn't just, like, yeah. the junk, but it was also seeing pictures of her heart. And, like, just anything that made it feel like there's a reason to be doing this. I am yeah. not alone in that. I learned when I started reading this stuff. There are tons of quotes about people needing to be writing on the blank slate that is a fetus who makes you puke all day and wants to kill yourself. <laughs> it's basically like having a parasite. <laughs> it is! <laughs> it's like a t- worm that makes you sad. <laughs> I didn't do a gender reveal party, though, because I think that they are tacky, which is my transition to my next <laughs> point. That's the most important point, really, is that they're tacky. <laughs> I'm taking you on a journey, boys. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> so here's my argument why they're good, actually. All right. First of all, the thing that people hate about the most about them, including me, is that they're tacky, right? 
that's the thing. That's the worst part of it. It's like it's self-absorbed and it's tacky and ugly. The word tacky is such a class phrase. This is not funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was reading about like how few opportunities an first woman has to be celebrated. There's no college graduation. There might not even be high school graduation. People aren't getting married anymore. If they do, they, you know, might not be able to afford a wedding. So, like, if you have so few times in your life where you come together with your family and get celebrated and you're the center of attention and it's positive, like, maybe gender reveals are good. Hmm, okay. I can see that. Here are some other reasons why they might be good. Criticism of them are, like, often really thinly veiled misogyny. So I have gone through a change throughout my life about weddings. I was like, it's so tacky. It's so stupid to spend all that money on a party, blah, 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 blah. But like how you want to celebrate your life, that seems like a a good thing. Yeah, these are these are uh, like reasons why it would make sense to do something like that and how it, it brings some sort of joy to your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But the thing is, is it's not poor women that are doing it. Right. <laughs> That's no, kind of what all. I was going to say. Like the majority of it is like middle class or <laughs> rich people who have the resources to throw a huge party. But yeah, I think it's totally valid to like want to make like your wedding like a big party and like spend uh, you know a decent amount of money on it. Like of course, like and yeah, the like celebrating your life and stuff. Like it's totally valid. Um, again, I come down on they suck. But (laughs) first of all, because of their impacts on abortion policy, which is the earlier you can project humanity and babiness onto a fetus, and the more you can Mm -hmm. emphasize that, the easier it is to do anti-abortion. Yeah. And it's like deeply consumerist. It's really reflecting self-indulgence and curating your personal Instagram brands. And the way, like, everything has to become branded. Yeah, absolutely. You know. It's all about the so, brand. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's, like, very carefully Doing it for curating. for the gram. Right. Very yeah. carefully curating your existence on social media. Mm-hmm. It's also, like, whatever is bad for trans people is the end stop of, like, because they are, like, the, have the shit end of the stick in every single way in society. So here is a quote that kind of sums up. Um, Besides the level of self-indulgence required for the party just to celebrate one part of the fetus's anatomy, this only seems like a forbidding sign on how much pressure these parents will put on their kids in the future to look to gender stereotypes. So it's bad. And I have a solution. So what do you think it could be? What do I think your solution is? Yeah. First, I want to say that the quote you just said is basically a more concise and eloquent way of saying everything we said on the last episode Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i think your solution is going to be larger gender reveal parties you have to invite more people (laughs) you need to make it like as extravagant and explosive as possible not literally (laughs) but change the name to sex reveal party okay that's the only problem i think I would say that your solution is going to be state-mandated sterilization. (laughs) (laughs) 
Then we just grow kids in test tubes and you just go and buy one from Amazon when you want a child. <laughs> what is shipping? Okay, so here is the solution. We keep gender reveals, but they are only parties that um, young trans people do to be celebrated and coming out as their um, gender identity. And we start doing christenings again and just do that instead. (laughs) Have have name parties. Just take the Jesus out of it and have a big name party. And a name party like brings the enchantment that people want, like, right? People want to do it because there are no mysteries Well, that applies to weddings too because usually people change their names. Yeah. Whenever you change your name, throw a party. When you said the word christening, I couldn't help but imagine like (laughs) smashing the pregnant mother (laughs) with a bottle of champagne. Like the ship being sent out to sea for the first time. I'm sorry. (laughs) Or they have those like really long stupid dresses they put on. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Name parties. See, still get the like exciting reveal. I solved the problem. I don't know why anyone has any conversations. <laughs> I think with that's it a anymore. good solution, honestly. It's perfect. Families are really excited to know uh, what type of genitals you're going to be seeing when they have to change the diaper the first time. It's nice to know what to expect, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen people who just keep their baby's gender? Yeah, a couple of my friends have not known until it pops out. <laughs> you're not supposed to see pops out. What? I, I was corrected. <laughs> I was corrected by Stella <laughs> for saying pops out. <laughs> it's, yeah, pops out. Just like a... <laughs> Baby's here. That's such an image. I'm sorry, Stella. I'm sorry. It's just a figure of speech. I'm a, I'm a bad man. <laughs> There's so much more throwing up than pops Yeah, it out. seems a little what? bit more involved than, than that, so. <laughs> it's pretty easy from what I hear. Yeah, it sounds pretty pretty tough. What do you think of my solution? I think it's good. Well, I'm glad Natalie's back because that means we can really solve problems instead of just discussing yes. them. Yes, thanks to you for fix- fixing <laughs> the last I solved episode. the problem. Gender is canceled. <laughs> Christenings are coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it makes sense because uh, it's still sort of a celebration of identity, but it's not all about the societal structure of gender. Yes, mm-hmm. and it keeps the surprise. Like people want this specific person it. will be known by this word. Isn't that fun? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready to get upset? Oh, am I ever? I'm always ready to be upset. All right. So the previously mentioned wife of mine, Ashley, she sent me an article earlier this week to, I guess, just piss me off. <laughs> this was on uh, the Gazette. The headline is... Iowa coaches still highest paid in the state, but median wages stay flat. <laughs> oh, this again. Uh, this is by Aaron Jordan. I'll just give you a few fiscal year 2019 salaries here in the state of Iowa. Kirk Ferentz, he's of course the University of Iowa head football coach. He was paid $5.5 million for fiscal year 2019. <laughs> uh, Matt Campbell, that's the Iowa State head football coach. In comparison, a modest... $2,653,500. About half of what Ferentz made. Dang, dude, that sucks. That's gotta suck. You got 50% of the salary, but you're still making $2 million a year. Dang, I feel sorry for him. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. yeah, that's number one and two, and what a wide gulf. <laughs> I'll keep going down the rankings. Uh, friend of the show, Fran McCaffrey, 
the UI head men's basketball coach, $2,180,000. Uh, Steve Prome, it's the ISU head men's basketball coach, $2,150,000, so just under Fran McCaffrey. There's about a, a $30,000 difference between them, which is not much, but is probably less than I'm making this year. <laughs> Sorry, more than I'm making this year. <laughs> And then a pretty big jump down to Andrew Pugley. Pugley? Maybe Pugley. (laughs) P-U-G-E-L-Y. He's a a Joe Dobrian (laughs) disciple. (laughs) He's a University of Iowa orthopedic surgeon. He made $1,379,470. Uh, again, that's like about half of what Steve Prome made as a basketball coach. And we're only down to number five. I've got a list of the top 20. Uh, you, you want me to keep going? or <laughs> Let me read some of the more interesting ones if there are some on there. Sure. Uh, the next one down is Matthew Bollier, another orthopedic surgeon. He made about $1.3 million. Next, we've got Lisa Bluter. Yeah, yeah, she's the women's basketball coach, isn't she? She's also uh, been there for a long ass time. The first woman on the list, she's number seven. Uh, she made just about a million dollars. We need more women billionaires and millionaires. <laughs> yes. Uh, number eight is our good friend Gary Barda, oh, UI man. athletic director. Oh my god, I. <laughs> Uh, I remember talking about this guy on the show. I fucking hate Gary Barton so much. They pay him that much money. He got uh, oh, 986000 oh, That's fucking rich. Uh, number nine is Alan Reed, UI transplant surgeon, 935000 Number 10, Jay Brooks Jackson, University of Iowa vice president for medical affairs. What's What's the name? Jay Brooks Jackson. <laughs> Jay Brooks Jackson. Yeah. 904,000. That's a cool name. JBJ. <laughs> yeah. Respect the name. Here's an interesting one. Uh, I believe this is number 14 on the list. This is Christine Sink. <laughs> Doesn't sound familiar. Uh, no, no. A uh, former correctional officer. She made eight hundred and fifty-two thousand dollars. There's a there's an asterisk here, so let's see what. what uh, oh, <laughs> no, no, I remember this. No, no, she was a she was a prison guard, and she uh, she sued the state for sexual harassment and won like fuck. I think she won like like two or two and a half million dollars in the settlement. Oh, it's it's more than that. I've got the number in front of oh, me. Oh, what? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Christine Sink, former correctional officer. Uh, the fiscal year salary is reported as eight hundred and fifty-two thousand dollars. The asterisk says Sink received three point nine five million in state settlements last Jesus. year. Wow! With most of the money going to her attorney. Right. <laughs> God damn. Is, is he is he next on the list? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, the rest of it is kind of what you'd expect. Uh, football people. The defensive coordinator Phil Parker, eight hundred forty-five thousand. The strength and conditioning coach Chris Doyle. <laughs> Eight hundred thirty-two thousand. Had a big scandal, I for believe. For a strength and conditioning coach, I don't know. That's a lot. That I think strength and conditioning coach. I, I don't think you're very high up on the ladder as far as you know your pay grade. That seems like a lot. That's like what professionals make. Yeah, he's been there forever, and there was a big scandal where a bunch of players got rhabdomyolysis, which is like some sort of breakdown of muscle fibers because of like overwork basically like if you work work oh, out God. too much or something like ah. you're... so i'm sorry okay he makes how much the strength conditioning coach uh eight hundred and thirty-two thousand. Oh my god 
that's that's really high. Like I'm looking at the the median salary for strength conditioning coaches, and this goes from you know collegiate to professional ranks, and it's anywhere between thirty nine thousand and six hundred thousand. And like he's a serious outlier. And like to put it in perspective, at Alabama, which is like one of the premier uh, college football programs in the country, their strength and conditioning coach Scott Cortran he makes five hundred twenty five thousand a year. So the fact that a strength conditioning coach at Iowa is making that much is fucking insane to me. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot I can't, of money. I can't believe that. It's probably a tax scheme. Just below him is a name you may recognize. Joseph Dobrian. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately, no. UI football offensive coordinator, Brian, Brian Ferentz. Ferentz. Yes. <laughs> of course. Of yes. course. Yeah. The most nepotism. inept play caller in the Big Ten. Yeah, definitely nepotism. <laughs> Iowa doesn't go to big old boys club, dude. Like the entire state. Doesn't his fail son? <laughs> yes. Yeah. He made just shy of 800000 what? Uh, well, he used to be on the staff for the New England Patriots. So, yeah, <laughs> the pedigree. He's, he's of the But that's Belichick only because he tree. was the son of Kirk Ferentz to begin with. So, it's like because Kirk Ferentz is buds with Bill. Well, here's just like a few statistics here. The Iowa government employed more women than men, uh, 33,000 to 26,000 roughly. But men had a higher median salary at 55000 compared with 50000 for women. I think the average may be thrown off by almost all of the top 20 being men. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Real quick here, one, one more thing I want to I add here. I looked up the, the highest paid strength conditioning coaches in North America. Mm-hmm. Chris Doyle is the highest paid strength conditioning coach in the United States. That includes, that includes professional football as well. And he wow. had that fucking scandal where he overworked players. Yes. Like, literally, I yes. just read the article, and he said, like, the player had to do, like, 100 squats or something. Oh. And, uh, yeah, there is, like, multiple players who contracted, like, rhabdomyolysis, which is, like, a kid- kidney disorder <laughs> from, like, overwork. Yeah, it's fucked up. That's awful. I want to uh, read this quote here. Uh, Danny Hoffman, president of AF. SCME, Iowa Council 61, which represents about 19,000 public workers in the state, said state employees' wages have remained stagnant in part because of 2017 legislation that weakened collective bargaining rights for public sector union employees. That would be a direct result of the passage of the gutting of the collective bargaining law, Homan said Wednesday. Under the law, bargained wage increases don't have to be any larger than the Midwest Consumer Price Index, which is why increases have ranged from 1% to 2% recently, he said. The collective bargaining changes also made it so many nurses often must wait weeks for pay for pulling extra shifts to appear in their paychecks. Good shit. Dang. Very good shit. It's the shit that I like. (laughs) One may say, we love to see it. Uh, And also, more than 3,000 state employees were paid more than Governor Kim Reynolds, whose pay is capped by law at $130,000. Far too much. (laughs) Far, far too much. How can she live on such a small amount? I wonder how she makes up the difference to live her lavish lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I have one more thing in this article, because at the bottom, it lets you search through all of the state of Iowa salaries for fiscal year 2019. And... I technically am a state employee because I do a little bit of work at the university <laughs> and I just, I'm just going to read my, uh, my fiscal year 2019 total salary paid. Uh, here it is. Justin Keith Comer position instructional service specialist <laughs> total salary paid $7,440. <laughs> That's pretty cool. 
I guess. <laughs> that you're, it's a cool title. That you're part of this esteemed list. <laughs> yeah. You put that on your resume. <laughs> I have appeared in the Gazette now. <laughs> if, if you type my name in at the bottom, I appear in this Gazette article. <laughs> nice. All right. So uh, the takeaway from that is that Kirk Ferentz is making more than double the next person down the line, state employee salaries. And most of us paid by the state, our pay has not gone up at all. What a surprise, man. We're living the good life. We are. We're living the best life, one could say. <laughs> We've mentioned failing upwards on this show several times before. Uh, Kirk Ferentz is like being like mediocre upwards. Like He hasn't really done anything extravagant for the program. He's very clearly the face of basically all Iowa athletics in the state. Iowa football is the absolute biggest show in town. I'm not trying to say like I'm justifying this guy's salary, but like the immense amount of revenue that the program generates just from having a monopoly on, you know, sports entertainment right. in Iowa. It's, it's like, not even him doing anything. It's yeah, just like it's really not he even happens him. to be there. That is <laughs> yeah, and it's Iowa is one big girl boys club. Uh, that's a ridiculous salary, and it is just because he's been there yeah. for so long. And like, yeah, he's not flashy at all. And like. I don't know. You can make a case for Kirk Ferentz, but you cannot make a case for fucking Gary Barta. <laughs> right. I'll oh, say that. Definitely not Gary Barta, dude. I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> Everything he touches turns into piss. <laughs> he's got the Midas touch. Yeah, he's absolute garbage. Also, yeah. Fran McCaffrey, I also agree about him. He sucks, too. Yeah, McCaffrey actually He's a fucking suck. rage addict. Like, <laughs> I wonder if he's on... Some sort of, like, <laughs> steroids or uppers or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So something, uh, there was an important development, a very important development in the presidential race this week. And the state of Iowa is at the very center of this important incident. So excited. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Earth shaking. <laughs> you may recall a certain candidate who, uh, who, who does his own roof. He's a down to earth, <laughs> a real working working man, <laughs> Tom Steyer. He's running for president. If you didn't know, oh, you'd absolutely know because you've definitely been bombarded with ads to the point where there's you can't so even... many ads. I mean, I suggest the use of an ad blocker, but I know that they're out there. Tom Steyer is trying to win you over. Yeah, even with an ad blocker. Yeah, even with an ad blocker. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get like some sort of like physical ad blocker. So like every time a Tom Steyer, every time a, uh, Kim Reynolds uh, flyer gets slipped through my mail slot, it just shreds itself instantly. All right, so I've got an Associated Press exclusive here. This is uh, written by Alexandra Jaffe, and this is gonna this is gonna shock you. The headline here: uh, Don't don't freak out. Steyer aid offered money for endorsements. <laughs> Whoa! No way! Ugh. So you're saying the billionaire is using undue influence over politicians? <laughs> like he's trying? Yeah, it's like un, un, inconceivable. I can't believe he would use money to try to have influence over the race. How un-American! <laughs> <laughs> A top aide to Democratic presidential candidate Tom Steyer in Iowa privately offered campaign contributions to local politicians in exchange for endorsing his White House bid according to multiple people with direct knowledge of the conversations. The overtures from Pat Murphy, a former state house speaker who is serving as a top advisor on Steyer's Iowa campaign, aren't illegal. 
though payments for endorsements would violate campaign finance laws if not disclosed. There's no evidence that any Iowans accepted the offer or received contributions from Steyer's campaign as compensation for their backing. So, not illegal to it's do this. It's not illegal. <laughs> because he didn't say he was going to give you money up front. He said he was going to give you money later. That's the, <laughs> the difference there. Ah, uh, yes, that makes it okay. If you give us your endorsement, we'll uh, hook you up. I Which am intellectual. Just, that's how system. it works. Like we, yeah, like it's literally like Citizens United. Like that's already how it works. <laughs> like I mean, it says here payments for endorsements would violate campaign finance laws if not disclosed. So as long as they say like <laughs> we made this contribution in exchange for this endorsement, as long as it's all like out in the open, it's Ill- it's legal apparently. What? <laughs> what a great country! Oh, I love it. <laughs> We love to see it. Uh, so it, it goes on and on here. Um, the, the details are not super important, but, um, you know, Pat Murphy, he sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, offered a few state politicians uh, some money in their next re-election bids if they supported Tom Steyer's presidential campaign. And uh, here's here's the next article in this story. This is from the Des Moines Register by Barbara Rodriguez. Tom Steyer's Iowa political director resigns after money for endorsements allegation. So Pat Murphy is out of the Tom Steyer campaign. This is a, a big blow to the presidential race. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I thought, he, I thought he might be able to pull through, but I think with that loss to his campaign it just might not be possible anymore uh we do have a direct sort of quote from one of the politicians that they approached um this is tom courtney a former democratic state senator from burlington who is running for re-election to his old seat well he didn't he didn't uh mention pat murphy by name but this is what he told ap tom i know you're running for senate i'm working for tom steyer courtney recalled about the aid now you know how this works dot 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 he said <laughs> he said you help them and they'll help you <laughs> this literally sounds like a mafia thing <laughs> it really does i'm in the sanitation business if you know what i mean <laughs> wink wink you scratch my back i'll scratch yours <laughs> one current lawmaker representative karen Derry of johnston said murphy karen didn't Derry? karen Derry, yes <laughs> respect (laughs) i love names (laughs) yeah uh she said or he uh, i think karen is a woman i'm sorry (laughs) you don't Uh, know oh boy (laughs) oh yes it is they use a she as the pronoun later anyway she said murphy didn't explicitly offer a specific dollar amount but made it clear she would receive financial support it was presented more as he has provided financial support to other down ballot down ballot candidates who've endorsed him and could do the same for you she told the ap okay now that quote suggests that there are candidates who have endorsed tom steyer <laughs> i need to know i'm gonna look it up go ahead okay yeah you look it up uh so this is a quote from murphy he later issued a statement through the campaign that said he understands quote how tricky the endorsement process can be for folks in iowa <laughs> <laughs> what? i mean they made it sound pretty easy yeah, it sounds like everyone knows the I, score here. I wonder here. how many yeah. people actually care about like these endorsements because like it sounds like he's going after pretty like small potatoes people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna vote Republican in this fucking area, anyways. 
I mean, he's targeting local lawmakers who would potentially endorse Tom Steyer, who is polling at what zero to one percent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I gotta, I gotta find out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nowhere. He's not gonna get like big names for this. He said it was never my intention to make my former colleagues uncomfortable, and I apologize for any miscommunication on my part. <laughs> also, breaking news: uh, Tom Steyer has spent forty-seven million in three months on the pre- on the campaign trail and in three, as three months as of three hours ago he will be appearing at the next cnn town hall this is ridiculous imagine what that money could do if not just for yeah, his stupid God. vanity like 47 million dollars they can just drop it that's what billionaires are like you can just vanity campaign for yourself it's ridiculous okay so i looked it up and they mm-hmm. are such small potatoes and that it isn't even on the internet. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, fortunately, we do have a little bit of information from this Des Moines Register article. Okay, good. Uh, Steyer has received the endorsement of just one Iowan. Since <laughs> oh, that's the race so <laughs> uh, Former state representative Roger Thomas of El Cater. <laughs> <laughs> In a statement provided by Steyer's campaign, Thomas said that he endorsed Steyer because he's the outsider who can deliver for Iowans on the issues that matter most. <laughs> he's definitely an outsider. I don't think I have too much in common with him. Here's what he says the issues that matter most are. Getting corporate corruption out of our politics and putting forth a rural agenda that revitalizes communities across oh, Iowa. Oh, boy. Keeping the corruption out, eh? Just fucking brain dead, man. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about... Look, we're, we're in a situation where essentially... Somebody with uh, Tom Steyer's wealth can spend however he wants in the political realm. And he could easily just buy up like a bunch of local governments. (laughs) But instead, he has to launch this campaign for president that is getting no traction. They can't even buy endorsements from no names in Iowa. (laughs) He could buy Coralville. That's incredible. And it would mean nothing. Imagine living in a world where it meant nothing to drop $42 or $42 million on the vanity project. And that's all just like YouTube ads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's YouTube, it's, it's Facebook, it's Twitter. He just wants to watch ads made of himself. And he can, <laughs> has $42 million to just drop on it. Like, who lives like this? And this is the best example of a billionaire. He actually, he like believes in climate change and he talks about that shit and he's running for, he's running as a Democrat or whatever. Like, yeah, he's like literally the best fucking billionaire. And yeah, yeah, he mentions big corporations. Other than Michael Bloomberg, of course. It's right. It's worth mentioning that right after this scandal came about, uh, news of Bloomberg entering the race started coming out as well. (laughs) With ass. Yeah, and he's going to ignore Iowa and New Hampshire and South Carolina and focus on, like... What is he doing? Like, <laughs> I mean... What do you think Bloomberg... What, what's the point at this point in the race? Like, we have three clear frontrunners, and like, what, why? It's not 100% that he's actually running, but, like, Dude, the fact that there's wins? even a tiny glimmer of, like, hope in his mind that it would be possible is <laughs> just absolutely fucking bad shit. I love seeing the people get laughed off. What if it's him and Trump... <laughs> on stage in their debates. Can you imagine that? Just jacking each other off by I how mean, fucking all rich they are? I mean, all he has to say is, like, oh I'm actually a billionaire, and Trump is lying, and Did he would win. That? Oh, Did God. you see that? Like, he won't like this graphic. Michael Bloomberg is <laughs> oh, worth boy. ten times as much as Trump. Like, oh. oh, yes, that's that's my guy, then. <laughs> Me, as a poor American, that's my guy. 
Got him. Hey, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I want to do something kind of fun to close out our discussion of Tom Steyer and the scandal that has rocked the nation. Um, I have <laughs> I have Tom Steyer's MSNBC appearance following the news of this scandal. Oh, no. And I'm going to play it for us here on the show. I, I want to play a little game with you guys. Anytime you hear something that you want to respond to, just yell pause, and I'll pause the video. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sounds, I like this. Let's do this every week. All right, here we go. This is Tom Steyer on MSNBC, uh, I think Friday night, maybe Thursday. doesn't really matter. Here we go. And developing right now, a top Iowa aide to Democratic presidential candidate Tom Steyer has now resigned. Pat Murphy stepping down after being accused of privately offering campaign contributions to local politicians in exchange for endorsing Steyer's 2020 White House bid. Now, after the initial report, Murphy released a statement saying in part, as a former legislator, I know how tricky the endorsement process can be for folks in Iowa. It was never my intention to make my former colleagues uncomfortable, and I apologize for any miscommunication on my part. Steyer's campaign said Tom has not made any individual contributions to candidates in Iowa this year, and he will not be making any contributions. Our campaign policy is clear that we will not engage in this kind of activity, and anyone who does is not speaking for the campaign and does not know our policy. Well, joining me now. All right, I'm calling my own <laughs> my own pause real quick. What a half-assed apology that is. I love that. I'm sorry for the miscommunication. <laughs> right. If anyone ever apologizes like that, just. I just know that they just had to say something. <laughs> they just aren't honest enough to make a real apology. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that a little bit before I started the video, but it says here, Tom has not made any individual contributions to candidates in Iowa this year, and he will not be making any contributions. This is in his like statement that's supposed to make him sound good. <laughs> it's like, like uh, no, I, I won't be contributing to any local races in Iowa. I will be focused only on using my money to <laughs> propel myself to a failed yeah. presidential bid. He's got our best interests at heart. <laughs> and our best interests are him. All right. <laughs> All right, let's let's keep it going. Now is Tom Steyer, president and founder of Next Gen America and a 2020 Democratic presidential candidate and a good friend of the broadcast. It's nice to see you again, but we're going to get right into this here. You've seen the headlines. We have read the statements. Are you at all concerned that the optics of this could be a problem for voters? I mean, can you clear up the miscommunication part from Pat Murphy? <laughs> all about the optics, Look, baby. Alex, in a campaign, something happened that was unauthorized and was improper. <laughs> and we took, I think, at most 48 hours to make sure we had our facts straight, and Pat resigned. Mm-hmm. This, you know, if things happen, happen, things are going to happen in this world. I've started a lot of organizations. I started a pretty big business, things and I've are gonna started happen in this world. grassroots organizations around this around this country. And if something Except happens that's unauthorized and improper, then you have to deal with it. That's exactly what we did. Mm-hmm. We did an investigation. We came to a conclusion. Pat resigned. That's the way it goes. Yeah. That's how you run an organization. <laughs> when things happen that you don't want to have happen, you react to them and you deal with them with the utmost integrity. Yeah. And that's exactly <laughs> what we did. And you did. And we should pause. point out that... Uh, <laughs> All right, Chuck has called the pause. What we need in this country is, is just a, a billionaire to shake things up a little bit. You know, just like something to 
no more politicians, you know, like a, a smart businessman that can make the decisions that are important for a country. It's basically like running a business, you know, running America. Let's Where just have I heard this before? <laughs> Sorry if that sounded familiar. I don't know why. Yeah. But... Yeah. Nothing at all. I was familiar about that. I feel like I've heard that from others in the past. Yeah. Oh, well, I wish you could remember what it was. Donating <laughs> to campaigns is not illegal as long as those things are indeed reported as campaign donations. So there, there's nothing okay, illegal pause. about this. But pause. the timing here, Tom. Okay, paused. Okay, the ju- the moral judgment here is, is it illegal? Not, instead of saying is this just that someone could do this maybe in a different way like <laughs> yeah like it's moral to do like you can legally contribute a certain amount of money to a campaign then you can, can legally contribute as much as you want to their like committee or like super pack or whatever or some fucking slush fund yeah so <laughs> like and no one's making a this is a moral argument it's a moral do well she did mention optics right it's about the oh, optics. Yeah. it's not about the, <laughs> the actual like this is just it, it his whole admission of this is just the thing that happens is so telling it's an immoral way to run a democracy right you don't believe in anything it's it's the the result of someone like him running for president like it's or it's not the result it's the means <laughs> by which Right. Someone like him. The only reason he can't can. even has a yeah. chance of becoming president in any way. Because the accusation came just a couple of days after a Steyer campaign staffer in South Carolina resigned after being caught stealing campaign data from Senator Kamala Harris' campaign. Right? Is that I mean, what happened if, there? Alex, actually, if, on that one, yeah. what I said was when something happens, yep. you do an investigation <laughs> and you act. That staffer resigned to thing. protect us. But it turns out my investigation seems to be entirely unclear that he ever did anything wrong. So, in fact, let me say this. I've been running organizations for the last 35 years. It's important to get to the truth and to deal with that truth. In the case of Iowa, something improper happened, and we dealt with it immediately. (laughs) That staffer in South Carolina resigned to protect us. Because he didn't want any controversy lingering. Said to me, and we're going to make sure us. to find out exactly whether something bad happened. I don't Hold believe on, it did pause. at this point. <laughs> Why is he acting like this guy is some kind of martyr that's like died on the fucking it's cross? It's so transparent. Him? I love it. It's <laughs> yeah. mafia shit again. Yeah, it really is. We 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 whacked him. He's gone. Yeah, Benny the Worm had to go. <laughs> Uh, this guy he took he took the five years for us <laughs> he didn't say a fucking word <laughs> he's a made man it was a wrong cool conviction anyway okay um here's the here's the situation though and it, 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 you can't be separated from this because you are a successful businessman you are a billionaire your campaign oh. has faced accusations of paying for your place in the race right from the start how tom do you counter that Oh, boy. To me, I've said this from the beginning. What matters in this race is what I have to say, whether it's different, (laughs) it's important, whether people believe it, and whether I'm trusted to make it happen. For 10 years, I've been fighting against what I believe is corporations buying our government. I've been putting what? together coalitions of ordinary American That's literally what you're doing. You're literally winning. a corporation buying government. Big grassroots organizations to go door to door and to organize on campuses grassroots. like Next Gen America. I also started Stop the Need for Next Gen America. You don't know what that means. Eight million people, starting two years ago, signed a petition to impeach and remove this president. 
So I know for the and last decade, as an why outsider, are we talking about impeachment now? I've been taking on the corporations who've bought our government, and I'm saying that's the issue. So I think okay, Americans. Pause. The fact that he feels like he has to do this is a sign. Yeah, he's telling on himself. Yeah. <laughs> and like that Democrats will demand better now. Well, I mean, he has no traction in the race. so <laughs> It's not working is what I mean. Yeah. But the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah, he feels good. like he has talk about big money is a good thing yeah I, I mean again yeah he's like the 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 this is the best case of someone like him like the best politics that someone like him can even possibly have <laughs> yes and it still sucks <laughs> i mean pre bernie 2016 would this would these questions even be asked of a presidential no. candidate probably not yeah, no yeah I guess we are on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all yeah, the fact the simulation that he has is no right traction track. at all. Like That's good news. Yeah. Populism. Yeah. Actually good. <laughs> like he's a laughing stock. That's such a good sign. Yeah, I'm glad he's gonna be getting airtime and taking it away from you know, know. Bernie at the time. Yeah, hall. they or managed to here. keep him out of one debate, but then he like came back like a fucking insect. Yeah, just like just these the surge of donations. Forty seven <laughs> million in three months. Just insane. The people are speaking with their wallets. <laughs> 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 Fuck you, Tom Steyer. <laughs> you suck my boss. Need to understand from every presidential candidate, including me. What do you have to say? Is it different? Do you mm-hmm. have an answer? I've been saying term limits. 12 years Mm -hmm. for every congressperson and senator. No one else will say that. I've been saying a national referendum, (laughs) take away the Congress's monopoly, let the people make the laws. Uh, So my question to everybody in America is, what am I saying? I've been working on this for over a decade, successfully beating these corporations. And that's why I'm running. All right, pause. He's been succeeding at stopping corporations from buying our politics. (laughs) Oh, He's succeeding by He's failing. He's doing a very good job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> failing upwards right into uh, when his, buying it when himself. When his campaign staffer tries to buy politicians <laughs> and fails, he's actually <laughs> succeeding in keeping corporate money out of politics. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't beat him, join him. I listened to those debates, and people were talking about very important policies that we need to get. Affordable health care is a right, the Green New Deal. But we're not getting them. And we're not going to get them until we break the corporate stranglehold on our democracy. Well, and that is the issue in front okay, of the American right. people. And that is the issue I'm talking about. And I have a decade-long history as an outsider of winning on that. Yeah. Well, uh, in, in terms of having a platform in which to do uh, that, you are one of the before. 10 that have qualified for this month's debate here on MSNBC. Uh, pause so I can tell you what's on the screen here. Uh, they showed a an image of the 10 people who have qualified for the November MSNBC debate. Ooh, MSNBC. Here's who we're going to see at the next debate. Joe Biden, Cory Booker, Pete Buttigieg, Tulsi Gabbard, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, Bernie Sanders, Tom Steyer, Elizabeth Warren, Andrew It's time Yang. to cut all of <laughs> It's time to trim the fat, baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to watch these people. Pop. Like, this is, doing no- this is doing nothing but complicating things for people that how are you supposed to focus on you know issues that are very important when you're just being bombarded for fucking hours by people like this just like it's just fucking white noise to take away from people with actual platforms this is why beto is actually really cool because he just dropped out when he knew he couldn't win like yeah Buttigieg 
should uh, follow Thank suit. You, yes, Dan. <laughs> but the thing is, Buttigieg no. has way more momentum than, I know, than I'm, fucking Beto does. I'm kidding. But also, I, all of okay. these other <laughs> candidates should job prop out, like Klobuchar, yeah, Corey Yang. Booker, Corey Booker. Yeah. <laughs> like, get, just Yang, get out of the race. Corey Booker, Klobuchar, and honestly, win. Kamala like, is fucking done. If you don't have any traction, just hang, up, hang it up. Tulsi, go home. Yeah. yeah, the only candidates I'm seeing here who seem to have any chance of winning, like, any delegates, Biden, Buttigieg, Bernie, Warren. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it simple. At this point, like, that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why would I want to watch these people talk? Why would I give a fuck what Tom Sykes says? <laughs> BC, you were one of 12 candidates on the stage at last month's debate. As the stage, though, begins drawing fewer <laughs> candidates, how, Tom, do you Too want to fewer. stand out in this debate? What do you plan to do? Look, I, I think Alex... I'm completely different. I really am an outsider oh, with a decade-long history of fighting corporations. I also think I'm the person on the stage at this point who has the most economic expertise and experience it is again. that if Mr. Trump hasn't been thrown of office or whoever Republican is, the only thing they're going to be able to claim is that they've been good Pause. on the economy. And I can go toe-to-toe. I, I feel like he is moments away from saying something like, we're going to drain the swamp. <laughs> like, this sounds very, very familiar. Like, all these points he's making. And I, I use that word very generously when I call them points. <laughs> yeah. And prove they haven't. That they are devastatingly incompetent when it comes to jobs and the economy. They're going to talk jobs, but we're going to point out that, in fact, Americans have been suffering. They can't live on the jobs that are created in this economy. So I believe I'm in a completely different position. And the last thing I'll say is this. You were just talking about climate change. Mm -hmm. I'm the person who said it's priority one, yeah. the only person. I'm the person You're who not. said I'd make it a state of emergency no. on day one. And I'm the person who said I'd do it from the community level up. We'd go to the environmental justice communities, the communities where pollution, air pollution, water pollution has been concentrated and get their leadership in terms of writing policy and their leadership in terms of executing policy. This is priority one. All right, all of this I'm sounds great. I'm on board we do it, now. We're in a lot yeah. of trouble. I mean, it uh, like I mean, he just, he did say some of the right things there, but it's like everything like, he says is right, but it's the least inspirational thing. <laughs> <laughs> he says it. Yeah. And I mean, he's the wrong source for that information, yeah. you know. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> uh yes. Corporations do have a stranglehold over our democracy, and yes, we need to like take that on if we're going to accomplish anything that we need to survive. But you are the problem; <laughs> you're not the solution. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is literally he's like the the bizarro Trump because like this was exactly what he was saying in his 2016 campaign was like the the leadership in Washington is corrupted by lobbyists and mm -hmm. big money. And I, as a rich man, yeah, I can sidestep that yeah. whole process because I already have money. And that's yeah. literally what Steyer yeah, is saying. It's really strange <laughs> to hear him talk about like community and like grassroots shit when he's like the most astroturf like possible. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, insane. At all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. No. Yeah. He's in the stratosphere for sure. No. Turf. <laughs> you got no turf, Tommy. Drop out. <laughs> yeah. And Bloomberg. Fucking Chuck Todd saying his no one is to the left of Bloomberg on climate change. Like Bernie's oh plan is like the only one that has any money towards like international 
uh, like <laughs> funds for climate change, which is like right. how the only way that it's even possible to combat <laughs> it is if it's like a global thing. Like it literally has to be. Yeah, obviously we we can't solve a global crisis like with one nation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No matter how many private billionaires are, you know, like are willing to spend some public money, you know, it's like it's not going to happen without an actual effort on behalf of like yeah. public government. I think it's really great that MSNBC let Tom Steyer come on to speak on the recent campaign scandal in Iowa, and basically just gave him like seven minutes, mostly completely unchallenged. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everybody didn't pay for it. <laughs> No, no. Maybe not directly. <laughs> so somebody like Steyer or somebody like Bloomberg, they have all this cash. They could easily just like solve a major issue yeah, with all the money they have. Yeah, they can end homelessness right now. Yeah, they could just buy housing for <laughs> everyone who needs it. And they'd still have more money than they'd ever need yeah. to live the rest of their life. But they choose to run for president because it's about uh, vanity, I guess. It's about their egos. Yes. Yeah. They they want but the power. But it's okay that they exist. Well, they have the power and they want to hold on to it, but also maintain the image that they're like benevolent, you know, like we're helping society move forward, which is like, I mean, that's a good goal to have, but like it's, it seems that they're not aware at all of, you know, class dynamics. I mean, obviously, like they they can't be because it would be, it would destroy their whole whole worldview, you know. If he was willing to significantly give up a chunk of his wealth, he could actually do a lot of good to help people in this like imbalanced system. Like he could he could do something despite the the structural change that still needs to take place. Yeah. But instead, he's just spending a bunch of money to run for president and lose. <laughs> it sucks so bad. By he he spent a lot of money on like billboards that said impeach Trump <laughs> and Look, look at all the progress that's made for yeah, us. Real grassroots <laughs> shit. <laughs> From the people. Trump is definitely going to be impeached. <laughs> oh, did anyone see that Bill yeah, Gates definitely. interview about Elizabeth Warren's taxes? <laughs> yes. I can't think of anything I'd like to see less. He also sucks, Don't. by the way. I know I said Tom Steyer is the best example, but according to people like Joel Curtinitis, Bill Gates is actually the best example, and he Bill also Gates fucking sucks. Piece of shit. He sucks so bad. I'm sighing as I reset the Joel Curtinitis contract to zero. <laughs> Podcasts I'll, without I'll mentioning I'll put a, a penny in the jar. Right. We were so close. Because he only deserves line. a penny. <laughs> we were so close. I think uh, I want to bring up something really quick that I, I just found. I'm, I'm not going to spend much time on it because I know we're probably running out of time. But you guys know like that big uh, baby Trump balloon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how some, like, some guy popped it, you know? <laughs> that I don't know about. So this guy popped it. And he made a video on he's being charged with um, felony criminal mischief uh, after he like stabbed it and destroyed it. And uh, they can't patch it. It's ruined, um, which, you know, whatever. Uh, but this guy made a video on his Twitter account of him watching the Alabama game because he's, he's from Alabama. His name mm-hmm. is Hoyt Hutchinson. He made a video of him standing in his living room wearing a Trump shirt and a Trump hat and wearing like <laughs> pantyhose and like women's panties and uh, asking for donations. And he set this up about 20 hours ago. And in 20 hours, he's raised $26,000. Wow. Dang. Wait, yeah. what did he say he needed money for? Underwear. Uh, restitutions. <laughs> what? 
is what he says. Restitutions for baby Trump stabber is what it says. Help raise money to pay legal fees and restitutions for Hoyt. He was charged with a felony criminal mischief after deflation of the disrespectful baby Trump balloon. Hoyt made sure our beloved president didn't have to see his disrespectful balloon on the streets of T-Town today. And uh, the most recent donation, uh, we have one here for $20 saying, here's 20 bucks to go after the prosecutor for overcharging you. Probably a obunghole leftover. <laughs> oh, bunghole. After that, we've got oh, bunghole. That's, <laughs> That's a good so one. Classic. 25 bucks saying, I am tired of the liberal hatred. A couple more. I love it. When they fix it, pop it again. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to look at some good content, go fucking read those. What donations. a low stakes thing. I want to read it for sure. <laughs> $26,000 he's raised in 20 hours. <laughs> you guys got to see the video of him too. Like he's literally like wearing like panties and like pantyhose and like standing in his living room asking for money. I don't know why. I hate the word panties. Fascinating. <laughs> you don't like the word panties? No. This is the kind of activism that uh, <laughs> we need apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, if it's that lucrative, damn. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's wrap it up for today. Thank you to my co-hosts for joining me. I think the moral of the story today is they got the money, but we got the people. Yeah. Yes, definitely. We have some money too, but not... Yeah. We don't have a ton. We like don't have do. capital. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We don't the have <laughs> of piles of wealth. <laughs> so listen, there's more of us than them, and there's a lot of implications there. I'm not going to say anything that would get anyone in trouble, but just remember... There are more of us than them, okay? We've got the physical mm -hmm. numbers. We can overpower them, and we and should. that's the most threatening thing to them. We can achieve physical consequences because there are more of us should the need arise, <laughs> okay? Just, just keep it in mind. Someday we may need to... Uh, Get a little more active, if you know what I mean. Yeah, arm yourselves. Dirty or satire? <laughs> Stockpile weapons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. No. Time to wrap Just this up. <laughs> more demonstrations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rock Hard Caucus signing off. Peace out. Have a good week. Good early bye -bye. afternoon and good luck. Sayonara. <laughs>